0: Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, Chicago, man, man. ESPN Chicago. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Black and Abdallah. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A Good Karma Brands radio station.
1: You're right. We good? This song, like weird ominous. Something music. going on. I don't know what's up. I don't know what's up. Either. This is weird music to start the I know, show. I don't know what's happening here. Somebody going tinkle? No, sorry, no. Tonyak. No, no one's going tinkle right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Blacky dollar. Hey, what's up, Blacky dollar Here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN <laughs> Chicago at. Uh 6 day tonight hanging out with you for the next 2 hours if you want to join the conversation you can call us at 312-332-3776 There it is. There it is the weekend. I hear it. Uh, I I do want to start, you know, since it's a weird start to the show already, we might as well just pull the the Band-Aid straight off. Oh, no. Uh, Kevin z is producing tonight's show. (laughs) Uh, Jack McGrath also producing tonight's show. Kevin, uh, how would you like to start things tonight? Would you like us to discuss the gift that you uh, have now handed me twice today? Uh, Upstairs, once in the newsroom, you handed me a Charleston shoe, vanilla flavor. Uh, I left it upstairs on purpose because I didn't want to eat this. What's wrong with the Charleston Chew? And then moments ago, Kevin walked into the studio and goes, Hey, Chris, uh, you forgot this Charleston Chew that I brought you upstairs. You forgot it upstairs. Here you go. And then handed it to me because I don't want to eat this. Do you want to eat this? Yeah. Here, have it. This like is a Charleston, Charleston Chew. I like Charleston You already you. got one. That's for Chris. Well, well, he, I'm not, not re- going to re- eat it. He
2: regifted it. There it is.
1: Right in front of Hand your eyes. Hand it off. Uh, so, we could start there. The nice gift from Kevin. That was a nice gift. I'm just not really a Charleston Chew type of guy. Sure. Uh, or, uh, can we start with uh, your dinner for this evening? Abdullah, uh, what did Kevin bring in for dinner this so, evening? Danny Zimmerman. Well, what are, what are you doing there? You call me to give me a Charleston Chew. Well, well, you should swallow the chew before you start speaking, though. I uh, chew it, though. It's a Charleston Chew. They're very chewy. It's right it, there in the name. It's not a Charleston
3: Swallow. <laughs>
1: This is the best This is the best four minute start To a show we've ever had (laughs) Yeah yeah, I broke him Guys officially he's broken (laughs) Look at him he's stuck There we go have the music some more There it is (laughs) Somebody going tinkle? No, Joey, no. no one's going tinkle.
3: Okay. So, Danny Zetterman today, I our like director of content and uh, health food aficionado or expert, whatever he wants to call himself, <laughs> armchair nutritionist, said, you have to see what Kevin is eating for dinner. It's by far the weirdest thing, the oddest thing, that anyone at ESPN 1000 <laughs> has eaten for dinner. And I go, I ate worms once, buddy. Let's slow roll with that. Okay. It is a bag, I tweeted it at Adam a. Abdallah, it is a bag of Simply Steam Green Giant, roasted red potatoes, green beans, and rosemary butter sauce. Just the bag of that. That is what he brought for dinner tonight. Just a single bag. A single bag of roasted,
1: well, microwaved, I guess, vegetables. Well, it says it's it's roasted red potatoes, yeah. green beans, mm-hmm. rosemary butter sauce, mm-hmm. Lightly sauced. Lightly
3: sauced. And while Kevin was eating this, his words, not mine,
1: a little too creamy. Kevin, is this true? Too creamy?
2: Yeah, I think lightly sauced was underselling it a little bit. It was heavily sauced. Heavily sauced. Okay. And by the way to defend myself, I still feel like you guys are trying to make me feel like I'm crazy here for bringing in uh, frozen vegetables, microwavable frozen vegetables, as uh, a, a light dinner. Did you- I, I've been here since 3 o'clock. It's, it's kind of, you know, these are my afternoon dinner time hours. Yeah. And I we have, we've got a microwave up there. I'm going to utilize it. So I pulled something out of my freezer. Didn't have to buy food today. And I thought that I could just come in like a human being and, sure. and make my food yeah. and not be persecuted at the workplace. I feel like dinner's overselling it, though. It's more of like a good side dish. It
1: is. It's and exact. you also ate yeah, it at like 4.30. It's a bit of a dunch. It's a dinner lunch. Um did you did you fork it right out of the bag? Is that how you consume this? You just fork right in and that's then how I would have done it. Because the bag? It's it. got
3: its own carrier, right? Yeah, it, it's meant it's to like, be microwaved in bag. It's like eating Chinese food right yeah. out of the, the container. I don't I don't like a, a walking taco. Yeah. So you put it onto a plate. I poured it onto a plate. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Now, I've seen other producers now listen, girl dinner, we know, is like an assortment of things, like maybe two baby yeah. carrots, a slice of cheese. Uh, two Triscuits and a bottle of wine. Boom. Girl dinner. Girl dinner. Boy dinner.
1: Two Red Bulls and a Zin. Yeah. Boy dinner. I had a boy dinner the other night. Two had, Red Bulls uh, and a, a Zin. A leftover slice of pizza. Oh, okay. A leftover, uh, like six French fries, and then like a a chicken tender. Okay. And then I had like some carrots. All right. Some carrots I dipped in peanut butter. That was my boy dinner. You did what with the carrots? You've never dipped carrots in peanut butter? No. That's yeah, a great snack. Why, what do you mean why? how do those two things go together well, I'm, I'm not a ranch guy, so no, no uh, one's I go a ranch I go guy. peanut
3: butter with the carrot. no one's a ranch guy that's one there's one It's wisconsin that's it is that you, you've ranch.
1: never heard of a, a carrot dipped in peanut butter? absolutely not no, I'm with Chris on this one yeah, i've heard good. of this yeah. what what's delicious what yeah. What
3: have you? What? What white person superpower is this? What is the grossness? The grossness is this. That's not gross. It's peanut butter and carrots. carrots? sounds disgusting. Yeah. yeah, I'm with I'm with Kevin Adam, on this
2: we, one. Adam and I we have to have a little brown solidarity here.
1: Yeah, that's disgusting. So to so I've I've had the boy dinner. Okay. Uh, this boy dinner though a bag of no this is not boy dinner. No, this is not boy dinner. Steamed vegetables.
3: I've seen this before, Chris. I've seen this before. This, to pull the curtain back, this is producer dinner. Because we had a producer, George Cotzerillos, who produced for us a while back, used to bring, you know, the bags yes. of the peppers? Yes. Not like full bell peppers, yeah. but like little of those, peppers. the little peppers. Yeah. And would just sit there and eat the, eat the whole the bag peppers of peppers. For the dinner. whole bag. That was his dinner. We had people that used to bring in, we had producers who used to go to like Jewel and get the bags of pre made salad that oh, come yeah. with like the little packet of dressing. Yeah. They would just open the bag, pour the dressing in,
1: shake it up, and that was their dinner. Salad in a bag. Uh, Kevin, did you have a, uh, any chicken to go along with this? Any, any beef? Any fish? You got anything to make this a meal?
2: No. No protein. No. I just... a lot of candy that was in the break or, or the, the kitchen area there. A lot of Charleston chews? Candy. No, I saved all those for Chris, and he just passed the buck.
1: Candy, potatoes, green beans, and a lightly sauced... Rosemary butter sauce.
2: I had, had Zin and a Celsius
1: uh, on the train before I came in.
2: <laughs> just, just to float on in. I was hovering above the train.
3: <laughs> it's just, I, I, I don't mind the move, eating that, but I think that you didn't need to transfer it to a plate. I feel like it comes yeah, in, it in the, the It comes in the vessel. Like I think you only need to transfer it to a plate if you're pouring it for multiple people. Right, but, but, there was,
2: <laughs> but there was so much sauce. If I'm dipping my hand and my fork in the bag, I'm gonna get sauce all over myself. Then, well, that's what then the I fork is
3: for. Well, that's a boy dinner right there. But you there. gotta really
2: dig in there to get those those last beans at the bottom of the bag.
1: The bean bag. All right, Kevin, Uh, so there it is. There's the the dinner of the night here on and Abdallah. Danny suggested (laughs) that that's how we start the show tonight. I agree with him. I think it's something that we needed to figure out. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I've eaten that bag of vegetables before, but usually I have a piece of chicken that goes along with it or something else, right, like a piece of meat. Maybe you have a steak, you have something else. That makes it a meal. The loose veggies on a plate after you microwaved it, I'm not, I'm not quite sure if that's, that's the way to go there. Yeah, I would have just eaten it right out, of the, uh, right out of the bag. That's my move. I don't like
3: transferring vessels when I don't need to. Like, if, I, if something is in something and I, I don't need to put it on a plate to eat it, I'll just eat it in the container if that's the... Like, so, um, like, my wife will get, like, yogurt, right? Like, a big thing of yogurt from, like, Costco... And, like, at the bottom, there's, like, the last serving of yogurt. I'll just throw berries in there and just eat it out of the tub like yeah, that. Yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm yeah. not going to transfer what's left of the yogurt into a bowl and then add fruit and whatever and
1: eat it that way. I'm just going to eat it out of the tub. Yeah. It's right there. I'm with you on that. You know? Just eat it straight out of the tub. Yeah. Like, when you get takeout, are you, are you one of these n- people who are nuts who you get the takeout And then you take it out of the containers and then put it on a plate. My wife. Your Your wife does that. You don't do that. No, I eat it right out of the thing, right out of the container. That's why. Who? Yeah. See that? that,
3: that. I also. I think it also comes from the fact that I lived alone or or with a roommate for so long that I don't want to do dishes. Of course, but why why would you? Why would you dirty (laughs) a plate when you don't need to? Why would I? Exactly. Why would I dirty a utensil that I have to wash
1: or a plate if it comes with utensils? I'm using the utensils that they came that it came with. I'm not dirtying one of my forks. Tom and Crystal Lake, you're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Tom. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up?
4: Hey, um, my mom every year for Thanksgiving always puts peanut butter on celery, and it was the it was the best. I mean, you ever have hey, you did carrots on, in uh, peanut butter? Yeah. Have you ever done celery on peanut butter?
3: Yes, I have. I've done celery yeah. with peanut
1: butter. That's good. Don't they good. do uh, ants, ants on, on a log? log man, yeah. With That, yeah, yeah. It's not ants on a carrot. <laughs> I'm not saying you don't put the little raisins on it. <laughs> No, I don't put raisins on it. <laughs> Would you no, try, but, have you no, tried but, Have you
3: tried peanut butter and carrots, Tom? Yes, I have. What do you think?
4: I think it's delicious. I mean, it's. I think. I. I think the. See? How about uh, How about a radish? And peanut butter. What, Do now what, now, what, now Whoa, what are we doing? All
3: right Now what are we doing, Getting Tom?
1: weird on a Tuesday. Now,
3: I'm also the proponent <laughs> of the, and if people haven't tried it, I'm Thanks, telling Tom. you, it's great. Everyone that tries it tweets me afterwards Thanks, and Tom. says me it's awesome. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate your time and your friendship. Um, is peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. People think it's disgusting. I'm telling you, give it a shot. Try it out. People love it. I haven't found a person that doesn't like it yet.
1: Sounds weird to me, but Have you, I like Kevin, bold. did you try
3: peanut butter and pickle?
1: A peanut butter and pickle? Peanut butter and pickle
2: sandwich. No, I don't like the sound of that. All right. I'm telling you. Trust me. Will you make them for us? Trust me. Uh, yeah, I would do that. See, I can get behind that. I would bring it. I'll bring if, in if the... You,
1: if you just make one. Okay, and cut it into like and quarters? And cut it into fours. Okay. Uh, quarter, yeah, yeah. Where
3: they're the little slices so they look like little pizzas? Yeah. Well, no, I don't know if I'll do a pizza style. I'll do it like... It'll
1: be little squares. No, no, no! I don't want squares. I want, I want it to look like triangles, like we're, like we're six years old. How do you, how do you cut a square into triangles? No, a half, half and half. You can do it. You'll no, figure a it out. Half and half. Yeah, it's little too... triangles.
3: How do? You... Oh, like an X? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come
1: on! I didn't do well in geography or on, geometry. You can, you can do <laughs> or this. geography. Mike and Lagrange are on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mike?
4: Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, I got a bone to pick with you. What kind of savages orders take out and eat directly out of the containers? And here's my
3: reasoning why. Why you transfer on a plate is because it's portion control. Like it's a, some type uh-huh. of psychological thing that you're able to kind of, like, take maybe one sitting into two sittings. I mean, not only are you saving calories, you're saving dollars.
1: No, I, I appreciate that, Mike, uh, you thinking that I'm able to portion control yeah. and save myself from eating the entire thing at once. That, that's very nice of you, thinking that I could do that. But also,
3: Mike, if I've had enough, I just put the lid back on. I don't need to transfer it back into yeah. another contra- a container.
4: Well, you know, knowing, um, mama didn't
3: raise a quitter.
1: That's fair. That's true. That's why I eat everything. Thanks for the call, Mike. Uh, take it easy. Joe in Jefferson Park. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Joe?
4: How you doing? Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, real quick. Um, my first ex-wife, when she was pregnant, had a craving, peanut butter, honey, and American cheese sandwiches. Okay? Oh, what? Oh. You thought, had me a peanut butter and honey. The
3: cheese no, no. is where...
4: Listen, I thought it was disgusting, too. I tried it one day that I had a couple cocktails. I tried it, man, and it was really the only thing I liked about her at the end. She turned me on to that
1: sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Have a great night. (laughs) Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. What What a start.
0: Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app.
5: It's Black and
1: Abdallah on a Tuesday night. We'll get to some Bears conversation with you at 312-332-3776. We do have breaking news. Abdallah, the top 25 for the college football playoff was just announced on ESPN television this week. Week 11, the rankings, here's the top of the list. Ohio State's number one, Georgia's number two, Michigan's number three, Florida State is number four, Washington is five, Oregon is six. So those are the first two teams out. Texas at seven, Alabama eight, Old Miss nine, Penn State ten. That's your top ten for the college football playoff top 25 rankings heading into this week. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. Those are your four if the playoffs started today.
3: Yeah, I think that there was talk earlier today whether or not Georgia could move back into that number one spot or for the first time it would be this year. They've been number one in the AP poll uh, for a while um, I don't think you punish teams for not losing right so until Ohio State loses and they keep proving that they're number one they're number one right like you can't yeah I don't think you can move a team out for winning even if you win a clunker like you have to still find ways to win and sometimes you have down weeks and I think you know Michigan's got a big test against Penn State this week if they you know, struggle against Penn State, but still end up winning. You're not going to move them out of the top 25 for that, and move Washington in or something like that. The only way that Washington or Oregon or Texas or Alabama, whoever it is that gets in, is if other teams start losing. And I think you've got your playoff is set up for you, where Ohio State plays Michigan at some point. It looks like Georgia's is going to play Alabama in the um, in the SEC championship game. Texas can you know move up if they if they choose if they if they uh, beat uh, Oklahoma uh, later on this year in the Big 12 championship game. And then you've got Oregon and uh, Washington will probably end up playing again in the Pac-12 championship game. So this is going to work itself out, obviously. I think the the only team that can't afford to lose, and I heard uh, Shea and Tyler talking about this on Chicago's College Tailgate every
1: Saturday at 9 a.m., uh, is that if Florida State loses, they're out. Well, so this is what I was going to bring up to you. Um, When you look at these rankings at this point, the team that I would question being four would be Florida State and Washington being five. Now, I know USC is having a a tough year, but that was a really impressive win for Washington on Saturday. And Washington being fifth, when you look at the resume, the Huskies right now, when you compare them to Florida State, their strength of schedule is 41st. Florida state's is 58th mm-hmm. remaining strength of schedule. Washington's is 10th. Florida state's is 44th. So like, and this week's going to be a huge game, right? Washington and Utah face off against each other. Yeah. Florida state will host Miami. You're right. Florida state is like the team likely to fall out of those who are up there at the top of the board until we see Ohio state and Michigan. But we kind of feel like the way the, the committee is setting this up is that Ohio state and Michigan, if one of them, when they lose that final game against each other, they'll be so highly ranked that even if they fall, they fall back to four and they stay yeah. in the college football playoff. But I'm not sold that Florida State is better than Washington. I think when you look at all the stats, you look at the impressive wins, I would personally have Washington as my fourth team, and I'd have Florida State as five.
3: I I could see that. I think that, again, you have to wait for Florida Like. You're going to have a, a decision to make, right? Like, if Washington ends the season undefeated and so does Florida State, like, you're going to have to move Michigan or Ohio State out. Like, you have to. You If you have that many undefeated teams, let's say there's Georgia, Michigan, and Washington are
1: all undefeated, right? Like, you have to move. Well, it's the team The team that's going to move out if they lose a game. It will be Michigan because Michigan's strength of schedule is 111th in the country. So if Michigan loses to Ohio State, they're the team that's teetering and I think people would really enjoy with all the scandal and the cheating allegations that are going on with the Michigan football program, mm-hmm. would appreciate if they lose that game, the big one, mm-hmm. uh, against Ohio State that, that they get then kicked out of the, the tournament because their strength of schedule is so poor throughout the season. Now, Georgia is at 90. Uh, let's see. Florida State fifty eight. I told you about that. Ohio mm-hmm. State's at twenty. So I mean, Ohio State is a team that they could maybe afford that loss to Michigan and still get into the college football playoff.
3: Mm, just watch out, watch out for that frisky Alabama team. Alabama's strength of the schedule is great. They're eighth in the country. Well, they've beaten two. Good. They've beaten two top twenty teams. They've beaten LSU. They've beaten Ole Miss. It's that loss to Texas that is going to haunt them. And unless they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, they're they're not going to get in. You got to win your games. Like you can't, like Saban can't go in there like he did last year and say, well, we'd be favored against Florida State or we'd be favored against Washington. It doesn't matter. Don't lose to Texas. Like it's simple as that. Like if this, when this is next year, it won't matter because we're debating Tennessee, Missouri, Oklahoma State, Kansas. Like that's what I kind of don't like about going to 12 teams next year is that Ohio State and Michigan won't be that big of a game anymore because no, it won't. well not many
1: of them will. That's the problem. That's the problem with with moving to 12 right away. Well, people need a playoff. People can't just appreciate the history there is of college a playoff. football. There is a playoff. No, 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 but people want more than just what we have in the playoff. But there is a play- Ohio State
3: and Michigan is a playoff game. The SEC Championship game is a playoff game. Like that's what this turns into. It turns into what we've been arguing for years is that the season is a playoff game. Like you have oh yeah, and that, in that's why college football is great.
1: Every game matters so much more. Well, and that's why you look ahead at this weekend, Michigan, Penn State, Penn State's the 10th ranked team. They face off. It's the big nooner on Fox 11 a.m. Michigan at Penn State. That's a huge game. That's a playoff game. If Penn State beats Michigan, Penn State will be in this conversation because tonight they're ranked 10th. Mm-hmm. So they will have an opportunity if Michigan loses. You continue down the schedule for the weekend. Kentucky, Alabama. Yeah, Kentucky should probably not put up too much of a fight for Alabama. You get to uh, then Miami, Florida State. We were talking about Utah, Washington's a good game. Tennessee, Missouri should be a really nice game. Old Miss, Georgia later on in the evening. Old Miss is ranked pretty high as well coming into tonight. Old Miss is ranked ninth. They face off against the number two team in the country. So yeah. you have two top ten matchups. And then you have a top uh, 25 matchup with Washington and Utah. There's a lot of great college football that's going to take place this weekend. I'm going to enjoy it, and it has no impact on needing more teams in a playoff. That's why you and I have been against this idea the entire time. Expanding to 12, 16, or even more, that's not why college football is great. College football is great because of the rivalries, Mm -hmm. the rich traditions, the history, Mm -hmm. and the fact that on any given Saturday in the fall, the entire championship picture can change based on college athletes who show up and give a great performance. I'd almost
3: rather go back to the BCS
1: than expand. No, and and that's something that you and I last year on Chicago's College Tailgate, we loosely discussed, especially in the the wake of the, uh, how would you describe it, the absolute embarrassment that Georgia put on TCU Mm -hmm. is that Essentially, the sport is heavy, tilted towards a few. And then there's a bunch of schools that, that want to be great, but they're, they're not quite the same caliber as Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You can maybe toss Oklahoma in there in the last 10 years. But essentially, those four schools I listed off, and you know LSU has had moments in the last couple of decades. You know, it, it's essentially five to six schools that have kind of ruled college football in the last 20 years. Yeah. You know, and and when Georgia is rising up now and we're in this era of Georgia football, 10 years ago it was Florida. That was that team from mm-hmm. the SEC that was dominating alongside Alabama. And and I don't need more teams, but I do think the BCS did get it right sometimes
3: absolutely they did like look you think i know you're going to get an outlier every once in a while right every once in a while you're going to get an 11 seed like louisville beats georgia or penn state beats michigan in a in the playoff right and you're like see look it can happen okay i understand that but if we take a 10-year sample of starting next year and go all the way to 2034 Tell me how many times a number
1: two or one seed doesn't win the national championship It probably game. will. One of those teams is going to be the champion every single season. And, and that's why football is just different than the random excitement of March Madness. It just is. It doesn't have, not everything has to be a tournament. The spring tournament. No, we don't need it.
3: We don't need, and, it's, and realignment is kind of ruining... That too, because this is the last, this was the last weekend of Bedlam, right? And like that's gonna, but you could, like the schools could work, the, work around that if they really wanted to.
1: I guess. But, uh, but again, that, that's another piece of the fiber of what makes college football great. That's, mm-hmm. that's being eliminated, that's being removed from the sport just because of greed and yeah. because of uh, the television partners wanting to create two mega conferences. That's essentially what this all boils down to. It's Blocking Abdallah. We're talking football with you.
0: You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the ground at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
1: M Dollar here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll continue taking your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Tim and Wheaton, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tim?
5: Hey, guys. Enjoying the show as always. Thanks, man. Thank you.
1: I don't know what the first segment was, but thank you. <laughs> It
5: was, it was I want to weigh in on the on the college football playoffs. Yeah, this is one time when I don't totally agree with you guys because, like, I look at the NFL and that's the ultimate. You know, they get they get everything right. I don't think you guys would want to take the NFL playoffs down to four teams. So if you have a twelve team playoff, isn't there still a huge advantage if you're one of the top four teams and you get a buy? If you can reward those teams, I think these games still have huge meaning. Maybe not quite as much if you have twelve teams making it. But man, if you can get one of those top four seeds and get a buy or get better positioning to avoid playing Georgia-Ohio State in the first round or in the second round, isn't that still exciting? Doesn't that work really well in the NFL?
1: Yeah. Um, here's my thought, Tim. Like, yes, the football will be exciting. We'll watch it. It'll have great TV ratings. Mm-hmm. People will be into it. Um, I just don't think that college football was a sport that needed to be um, changed. I, I think that, that's where I'm coming from. You see what I'm saying like I get it will probably work but like 10 years down the road will we really look back on it and be like this is better than the way college football used to be I'm not I don't think that that's going to be the case Tim the the reason that it will be
3: a little bit more exciting is that instead of just having four games that matter you will have more games that matter. Because yeah, so Bull, in the bowl season. Because bowl games are BS. Everybody knows it. Like, yeah,
1: but they didn't used to be. God, I know they didn't used to be, but recently... 20 years ago, the bowl season was fun, it and people was. were into it. But
3: now you have too many opt-outs. You have too many guys that are focused on going to the NFL and not getting hurt for the draft and looking at the combine and all that kind of stuff that you have. it's just,
1: They're kind of meaningless at this point. Tim, what's your favorite part about college football?
5: Well, I guess I would probably say the traditions, you know, uh, the rivalries are great yeah that's probably the best part so I, I do i do kind of see what you're saying but i still the postseason i think that's a great point you just made like these guys who are opting out of these meaningless bowl games now you're in the playoffs they're not going to opt out and it keeps more teams fans really vested to the end and i i think that i think the postseason could be even better
1: yeah it's a, that's a positive way to look at it thanks for the call tim thank you guys You know, because, like, like that's where I continue to go back to the rich history of college football. And you said to me during the commercial break next year when they go to 12 teams, the debates will not be about number four and five Florida State and Washington tonight. The debate will be about number 12 Oregon State and number 13 Tennessee. And those are debates that I don't care about. Yeah, I mean, it it would be nice for Oregon State, a team that's been... uh, Essentially left on the side of the road because no one wants them to be in their conference type of thing. Like, if Oregon State was in the, the playoff, like, that's a nice story. But, like, for Tennessee, you're 13th. You should have much higher aspirations than just sneaking into the college football playoff. The
3: only argument about expansion being good that I will listen to is the fact that you get more meaningful games. That's it. I don't care about arguing over who's 13th and who's 12th and who's 14th and who deserves to be. That doesn't matter to me because congratulations, you're going to get trucked by Ohio State and Georgia. Like, that doesn't matter to me, right? What matters to me is... Every game week in and week out is appointment viewing like you have to watch Washington, Utah this week because, you know, you've got Michael Penix going up against a great defense in Utah. And we saw what they did to Caleb Williams. And can they do that against Michael? Like that's a playoff game. If Washington loses that, they're pretty much out of the college football playoff. And then it's a then you've got a maybe a playoff game between in the Pac-12 championship. But who knows if they're going to let a one loss Pac-12 team in over a I don't know, a one loss Big Ten team or a one loss SEC team. Like there's so many more arguments that go into that, that now the committee just is just like, okay one through 12. Here you go. Like, what's the debate anymore?
1: Seating like that's kind of it. Yeah. and, And that's where, you know, the week to week of college football and the excitement, that's where it changes. Right, yeah. like, like that's where every Saturday is so exciting. Is if if you know that twelve or at some point's going to expand to sixteen, that they all get in, it's like, all right, well, who really cares if they win this game? They're still good enough to lose a game. They can get into like it doesn't. It's not as uh, impactful from week to week. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it changes the sport to like the NBA is fighting against this idea right now. This very idea. Why? All anyone cares about with the NBA is who's going to win the championship and the playoffs. I'm not saying that that's not what you should be caring or, or concerning yourself about, but the NBA season starts in October and goes all the way into to April. And most fans say, huh, who cares? Yeah, it's it's uh, November the 7th. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Oh, who are, the, who are the Bulls playing? I don't, I don't care. You know why? Because ah, the, the, the only thing that matters in the, in the, in the NBA are the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the conversation around who's gonna win the championship. No one pays attention to the NBA outside of that, no. for the most part. Largely yeah. speaking. I care about it. I watch it. I'm interested in it. And I would hate for college football to go to this to this era of we only care about who's in the playoff type of thing. Based on well, so many teams make it. I'm gonna start watching college football when we when we get to December. Yeah. Because that's when the good games will be. Like that, to me, would ruin the sport. No, I mean, look, you had... What's great about the sport is, think about it. Go back to Labor Day. What was the number one story in the sport? People thought that Colorado was real. Mm-hmm. That was fun for two weeks. Well, look at week two. That was good. That was fun. That was enjoyable.
3: Alabama might be kept out of a uh, the college football playoff because they lost to Texas week two.
1: Week two. Yeah, and it matters. Of that was a big game. Yeah, Jeff in Andersonville, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jeff?
4: Hey, fellas. I love your show. I want to offer a thought on the math, right? We're talking about meaningful games, and, you know, the playoff is going to give us meaningful games. How does this work if you're still bound to conferences and, you know, playing to the historical matchups and traditions, which I'm a big fan of? I. Unless you take, like, Ohio State and Michigan and Alabama and you suck them out into some super conference like what the European uh, soccer clubs were all trying to do and then make them play every week becomes a meaningful game. You basically have a playoff going all year long. That way you're not bound to conferences and then the, the games are meaningful. Otherwise, you're bound to conferences. Like, the math doesn't work. You have a playoff that takes too many weeks. Yeah. So you can't play regular season games.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Like when I, when expansion doesn't stop next year and they they continue on and the conferences combine, because that's what this that's is right. all heading towards. Big Ten, the SEC, at some point, well, being I mean, a super conference. Look at okay,
3: like look, I just looked it up because I there's the first school I thought of was USC's schedule next year, right? USC, you got start with LSU next year, okay? Week one against LSU, all yeah, right. Yeah. LSU, they play LSU, Michigan. Penn State, Washington, UCLA, Notre Dame. That's a tough schedule. Yeah. Like that's a like with that, because the conferences are expanding, like schedules are getting tougher for some of these schools. So like Judging USC off of that schedule next year, like if they go undefeated next year, they should be the number one team
1: in the country. Well, I, I would turn that right around to the uh, the Big Ten East. I mean, come on. The Big Ten East <laughs> has just feasted on the West side of the the conference yeah. for a long time. And and like that's where the realignment may add some balance to the Big Ten because finally someone from the West might actually be a true power. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's the unfortunate thing for the Big Ten is that Wisconsin and Iowa have not been better where Ohio State and Michigan have kind of had the pick of the conference for the last few decades. Mm -hmm. And thanks for the call, Jeff. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have some tougher schedules, no doubt about that. I I just think that uh, allowing more into a playoff, I get that we'll have better games at the end of the year and that playoff games will be better than bowl games. But as a college football fan, I didn't have a thirst that needed to be quenched asking for more playoff games. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I understand that will happen. Mm-hmm. I understand that people will watch. People don't need it. TV ratings will be huge. People will love it. Don't need it. Uh, but I don't sit around watching college football on a Saturday saying to myself, I wish there were six more teams in this playoff this year. Oh, I wish there were eight more teams in this playoff. Like, when I watch football on a Saturday, the playoff – and who's going to be in the playoff is not something that I'm thinking to myself about. When I was watching Ohio State and Rutgers on Saturday, I was trying to. St- I was. T- I was in the game because I wanted to see if Rutgers could pull off a massive upset. Yeah. When Rutgers never beats anyone in the Big Ten. Yeah, it would have been great. Yeah, it would have been great. It would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have really helped me out. So it's just something I don't really <laughs> ever consider. Uh, Rick and Downers Grove, you're on ESPN 1000.
4: Hey, guys. Great, great conversation. One thing I've been just sort of considering with, with all this NIL money now, is there any contingency as, as a player that you're taking this money? Are, are you not allowed to not play in the bowl game because you have it? And if you don't play, let's say you're going to be a top draft pick and you don't want to get hurt, do you have to give that money back? I'm just sort of curious about that because it I don't, seems like I don't think
3: nil money is tied to playing time.
1: No, and I don't. The money's not coming directly from the schools. Yeah,
3: it's not like they don't get like yeah. game
1: checks. You know, it's coming from right. a, a third party who's either putting together a um, like a group pool that then's paying like multiple players, or it's like um, it's like if you sign a um, endorsement deal with like a car dealership as a as a standalone player. Just like a professional would if he was in the uh, NFL. Mm-hmm.
4: But it's interesting to think, though, like, let's say you have a, you know, like with Clowney, like how he pretty much set out his senior year. Yeah. Like, do you think that now that they're getting this money, there, there'd there be an obligation to play? So maybe that you'd have these high end players that are going to play in the bull games or like, do you think there's any consideration there?
1: Uh, I think it's an interesting point, Rick. My response would be the problem with that mindset is because um, it kind of came up with Caleb Williams earlier in this football season. Mm-hmm. The the NIL money that they're signing is nowhere near the money that a first round NFL draft pick will be making. No, we looked it up. It was like four million
3: compared to like or like two and a half million compared to like twenty five million dollars.
1: Yeah. So like Abdallah, your point of like, yeah, guys will play in these playoff games. Sure. Yeah. Nah, some of the top. Top dogs, if if they're no, like... No, they will. They will. They Guys might. aren't opting out of playoff games. They're not. I'm just saying the money for the first round of the NFL draft is way bigger. I understand that. Than the NIL money. The NIL money is great. It's a better start than the way that the setup for college football used to be, where players weren't getting paid at all. But, like... But you're, like, gonna... you're, you're not going to stay in school for NIL money and pass up being a no, a no. player that was drafted tenth overall but in if, the NFL draft. But if
3: this was the twelve team playoff and Oregon ends up being like tenth or whatever, right? And you, Bo Nix is still playing in that playoff game. He's yeah, not opt, he's not opting out because he's going to the NFL. I mean, how many guys opt out? A it's... lot of like a, a couple per team, I would think. Sometimes, like a lot it's of everyone, though, bigger pl- like if it's it, not like, an epidemic, like that's playing, ruining the sport, like if Alabama, uh, if Alabama goes to a bowl game and not a playoff game, Dallas Turner probably doesn't play or at least goes in. Like, remember, we were talking about this last year. Bryce Young was just out there for like a series or two last year and then was like, all right, this was fun. I'm going to stand on the sideline now. Yeah,
1: he was making NIL
3: money. Yeah. But my point is, like, he didn't he didn't opt out of the game, but he played like two series and dipped. You know, like, he was just out there for the warm-ups and going through some stuff, and then he was like, okay, this was fun. Good to be out here with the
1: boys. Uh, We have Zoo News coming up next. Chicago's
0: home for sports, Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago.
1: Welcome, Abdallah. On a Tuesday night, we have the song of the night coming up in just a moment right here on ESPN 1000. Abdallah, do you have any uh, zoo news there? Guys, I news? always have zoo news. Oh, zoo news. Well,
3: hello, Mr. Lion. Here's the latest
1: edition of the zoo news. Haven't had some zoo news in a minute. What's I going
3: know, on? I know. How about this out of our own Brookfield Zoo? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this, you seen this going around?
1: Uh, Ooh,
3: a, was that his, you? Hold on.
1: Was, was that Jay Leno? Yeah. You're doing a Jay Leno have you impersonation? Seen this?
3: Have you heard this? Have you seen this? You seen this? Have you heard this? Do you Gotta know what's waggle going on?
2: your head around a little bit, more you while know. You're doing it. There you go. You know go. what's yeah. going
3: on? Have you seen this? Ah, ah. Hey, Kevin, have you seen this? That could be Kevin Eubanks for those who watched the Tonight Show back when. Jay hey,
1: Leno was seen up. this? Have you heard about this? <laughs>
3: a, a female shark gave birth oh. to hatchlings oh. without ever coming in contact with a male. Okay. Hmm. Normally, female sharks have to come in contact with male sharks for the fertilization of the eggs. One would think, yes. This, this female shark had full hatchlings without contact of a male, the first of its kind. Because, Chris, you know what? Sometimes life
1: finds a way. Life finds a way, yeah. Life just finds a way. Are we sure a shark didn't get out of his tank to go say hello late at night? I think they're Sure. Are you sure? I don't know
3: how a shark would escape. I know that we give news on the zoo and that animals don't like being in the zoo. Yeah, they want to get out. They want to get out. Let us out, let us out, let
4: us out, let us out. The zoo is overloaded.
3: Since 2022, the shark had laid eggs monthly that were thought to be infertile, except for this time in August, one of the eggs hatched following a five-month incubation period. By a process called parthenogenesis. That's a big word. So what does that mean? It means that the mom had a
1: baby without fertilization but, from a male. But how did she have both sides mix in there together? Well, Chris, life
3: finds a way.
1: So is this shark the first of its
3: kind? The second, actually, of its kind. This the has s- happened before? The second recorded instance of this of this species we reproducing this? asexually in the United States. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some weird thing. Remember that octopus movie where that guy was really into that octopus? Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe someone was really into this shark. My octopus teacher. Sure. I feel like that was a great documentary. I feel like those are subcategories
1: on certain websites. No, it was a very sweet uh, story about a man who befriended an octopi. hmm He would go down there, swim down to the bottom of the sea. He'd say hello. They'd play. They'd, you know, he would he would cuddle. The octopus? Some are calling this the Jesus Christ of sharks. They aren't. I just made that up. <laughs> Turning water into wine. <laughs> I, I am stunned. are this, this is stunning. This, this is, happened here this happened at the Brookfield here? Zoo? At the Brookfield Zoo, our very Wait, own
3: zoo. They have sharks there? They got, well, it's a little baby. I mean, it's not a big shark. It's like, a, the shark's only
1: like this big. like it's still a like shark. Like two feet big. Yeah. It's not that big. So the shark has just been alone forever, alone, alone. and just popped out a, a baby. Yeah,
3: popped out a Well, it had. It's been. It's been releasing eggs. None of the eggs have ever been fertilized before.
1: Well, They're duds until this one. And this one was fertilized. Yeah. These. Okay. uh Let yeah. me ask this question. If you okay. say it's if, if the father, if we go on Mari, mm-hmm. and the father is not a shark. Hey, Mari. Could, could it be a lizard? could it be something else well, it's gotta be something that can that can breathe underwater could it be something that got into the tank and said hey what's up shark it's gotta be something that can breathe underwater that can like like is the egg gonna hatch and instead of it being just a shark baby it's gonna be like the head of a frog no that's why I said is it gonna be like that octopus movie yeah I mean is it gonna be something else is it gonna be part shark part man?
3: I don't. I hope not. That's weird. Because then we got a whole
1: other case on our hands. I mean, wouldn't that be the biggest story of the year if a man and a shark mated and created a little shark? I think
3: that's uh, to catch a predator, and the shark isn't
1: the predator. Yeah, no. I'm I'm saying like, wouldn't that be something if so? If a human across breeding of a human and a a shark Mm -hmm. took place? Yeah. That's the story of the year. Absolutely, it is. 60 For, minutes. Forget the Cubs uh, hiring Craig Council. This should have been the lead today. I mean, boy, pum, 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 when pum. did this happen? This this week? How did I not hear about this earlier? You're hearing about it right now. So this is why Zoo News is important. Life
3: finds a way. Chris What is cool.
4: new at the
3: zoo? You know what? I've been uh, I've been going through and putting I am on. Shocked at this. Is the uh, the Lawrence Welk reruns have been on TV? Have they really? Have you been watching? No, I've been I've been going through, and I go through the scroll because I'm like you. And I go well, through the scroll. I wonder what's new with the zoo. Baby. And they, give, they give the description of all of the segments, yeah. and I'm waiting for the one that says and an uh, like and something about
1: the zoo. If people are uh, totally unaware and new to the Black Amdala shows, show, so zoo news is uh, essentially we were making fun of Rob Manford one night. Hello. Corey, and uh, Jane from Portland, uh, Indiana called in. And mm-hmm. she said that our impersonation of Rob Manfred sounds like Lawrence Welk. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what she was talking about. Yeah. So I went and did some internet research on Lawrence Welk. And that's how we found Zoo News. Mm-hmm. Is that I was watching old Lawrence Welk. And it's like a variety show with big bands and dancing and like stuff that was on in the 60s, early 70s. And that's how we got this Zoo News skit. That we then use the audio for for Zunu. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Black and Abdullah. Time for the song of the night. I wanna
2: rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that that dial because it's time for. (laughs) What
1: dial? There's
0: there's no dial on my phone.
4: Uh, Yeah, it's just an.
2: Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because
1: it's time for Black and Abdullah's
0: song of the night. Yo, Larry.
1: Tonight's song. We go to David Guetta, Phoebe Rexa, I'm Good from 2022 a new song that's right each night around 650 we play the song of the night here's tonight's song i'm good
0: yeah i'm feeling all right baby i'm gonna have the best freaking night I'm
3: to whatever this song is called by David Guetta. I'm good. I'm good. It's the name of the song. I'm blue by Eiffel 65, but I'm good by David Guetta.
1: If people are upset tonight, blame Abdallah. Uh, He 100% wanted to celebrate David Guetta's birthday.
3: I wanted to play Blink-182, but when I found out
1: that David Guetta turns
3: 56 today,
5: I
1: was like, what the hell? November 7th, 1967. It's David Guetta's birthday. Abdallah wanted to celebrate. I did not want to celebrate. That's why
3: we're playing this song. I am just absolutely flabbergasted that David Guetta is 56 years old. I did not think the man was that old for a DJ who, uh, you know, fuels raves and
1: cocaine parties in Vegas and whatnot. Now, the story on this song quickly before it ends is wasn't this song like courted and then it didn't become popular until BB Rexa used a recording of it on TikTok. Yes. And then it went extremely viral. And they're like, oh, crap, we got to put this out. Yes. Now.
3: Yeah, it did.
1: I mean, a lot of songs do that now. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a song that this wasn't meant to be no. a single. I prefer the uh, Eiffel 65 version of I'm Blue.
3: I'm Blue, yes. I once sang that at karaoke. That's such a you move. That's such a you move. I think I uh, annoyed everyone in the bar. That's like the guy that wants to roll up and do tequila <laughs>
1: for their song a karaoke. David Guetta, it's your song of the night.
2: volume and don't touch that dial because time. it's time for what dial
0: there's there's no dial on my phone yeah it's just an exp-
2: ah. never
1: mind crank the volume because it's time for Black and abdallah's song of the night yo live. we'll be back in two minutes
0: This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports.